0: Hey guys,
1: I was gonna leave you there to awkwardly talk to yourself, but I decided to jump in.
0: La,
2: what, I thought uh, I was good. gonna make co-hosting. I thought I was gonna make <laughs> so drop me. I want Rand. <laughs> no, but, to Rand does Don't feel you know. bad because whenever he co-hosts, he ends up jumping off anyway.
3: Guys, take over. He doesn't value the position. With great power comes great responsibility. Another thing,
2: Rand understands that. I don't think you understand. The clock has moved, which means that now the show for me starts at 5.15. So if we land up running over an hour, hour and a half, it becomes quarter to seven. And the problem is that half past six is homework time and bedtime for the kids. So there comes a time where unless there's like real, real events and real news happenings, then I need to jump off and maybe just spend some time with the family. Since the, since the daylight saving clock has changed.
1: Yeah, I have to be dead honest. Like, I would find it very, very challenging to do this show at that time of day.
2: <laughs> For
1: me, it's uh, ten fifteen a.m. Very easy. So, I actually commend the fact that uh, you show up because, and and you have like seventeen uh, times to make it as me. Make-
2: yeah, look, I'll be, I'll be here. I'll definitely be here every day, and I'll be at uh, hopefully till the end of the show. But. Um- Specifically on days where we ran a bit longer, unless there's big news. Obviously, I'll jump off and rather spend some time with the fam.
3: Thank you for your time, Your Highness. Well, well, I have no fam. We're not his family.
1: We are not his family. I view you guys as my family, you know.
2: So yeah, Mario, 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 you have no fam. You have no fam. And if you continue like if you continue like this, you may not. I
3: don't. I've given up on myself Don't worry I'll be just for the audience For for, for all the ladies Out there I'm a, I'm a lost case <laughs> Scott and Rand You have a better chance With than me
2: <laughs> That's Myra um, Ma- 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 what, what nationality Is your mom? Uh, she's uh, Lebanese So don't Lebanese moms Don't Lebanese moms uh, I mean that, That's like that's I haven't
3: like, seen like, her I haven't seen her I haven't seen her in, oh, seen her in years not... man Because she lives in Australia
2: yeah oh really oh okay 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 so, uh, if, if i can tell you if you look at this, this, doing, went, this um, one this one this one really this one really, one really dark didn't
3: it this one really <laughs> dark it's like it, what nationality you haven't seen her in a decade
2: <laughs> so, oh shit <laughs> 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 exactly that went dark quickly, <laughs> that went, that went exactly. quickly. <laughs> um but, yeah so,
3: so scott maybe you should pivot to the market because uh, it's obviously a lot less depressing than this conversation
1: yeah, I mean, Mar- Rand. I think we can call our attempted uh, title here at Fed Powell speaks to be a bit of a no- nothing burger because he's been speaking and nothing's happening, right?
2: I don't think the Fed can move the Fed can move the crypto markets anymore because I think the correlation between crypto and the stock markets has been has decoupled completely. Um, so I don't think that. that but it's decoupling. The one thing that I did notice though about markets is that. The tech stocks are outperforming all the other stocks by a huge margin now. I don't know if you guys picked it up. Uh, I've got a whole lot of stats for you if you feel like some statistics, but the tech stocks yeah, are do outperforming. It. Um Okay, so let me quickly get you some stats. See, I, I, I actually did some prep um, for this. So um, here, here it is, so here it is. So, hold on, let me just open all the stats. Prepared, a, I did a, did a whole lot of homework for you guys. Um, okay. So the you've got, uh, here it is. So the ratio between the NASDAQ 100 and the Russell 2000, which is the the ratio between tech stocks and all other stocks made a all time high yesterday. It means that tech stocks are completely, completely outperforming the, the entire market. Microsoft finished the day with its highest closing price in history. Um, the tech relative to the S&P 500 has reached new highs um, the mega the mega cap tech stocks traded seven consecutive uh, um, green trading days which is the biggest longest the longest winning streak since the beginning of January now a lot of people now you, how does this correlate back to crypto well actually if you think about crypto crypto is actually a technology bet and so you're getting the people are talking about a recession People are talking about markets uh, potentially not running, but actually, there is a bull market, a raging bull market happening in the, t- in the tech sector. And crypto is a tech stock. Crypto is risk assets, it is tech. And so that's why another, uh, that's, that's how I link it back to why we're, why we're getting an unopposed rally in crypto at the moment.
1: It's interesting. I had somebody come on now I'm trying to remember on my show, but who said, I think it was Dave Weisberger who said, it's very clear right now that altcoins are correlated to tech stocks. I thought that was a bit of
2: a jump. What do you think? He's right. (laughs) He's 100% right. He's 100% right. We're getting it. Look, I mean, I did see some warning signs. I'm I'm not paying too much attention to it. Um, Berkshire selling US stocks for four consecutive quarters highest cash position that they've had in a long t- in a long time. Um lots of people calling a correction, including JP Morgan, including Morgan Stanley. So yeah, there are those warning signs.
3: Yeah, they're calling it uh, you dropped out, I think Ryan, they're calling um, it Morgan Stanley. You, you dropped out uh,
2: WhatsApp call come through. But right now the music's on and the and the tech stocks are running. So we've got to we got to, we've got to dance with the music.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess the question I had, and we we could even talk to the panel, is it truly that altcoins are correlated to tech stocks, or is it just one of those moments but are we, wh- wh- that wh- are just going wh- up? I mean my, my view yeah, my view is more that the you know the crypto market is doing its own thing and we're just having one of those amazing moments where Bitcoin goes up and goes sideways and all coins it.
2: But why why are we talking a correlation so and I and- I thought so too, but it's actually like when you when you go back and say, well, hold on, tech stocks are actually running then you know it's not it's not maybe maybe it's not only isolated to crypto maybe this is a tech thing and and crypto and crypto is just tech bitcoin is we, we, we that. bitcoin is store of value digital gold and uh, the rest of crypto you can argue is just tech so yeah, yeah so so totally so, so on
3: the on the i'm not sure if you can hear me guys yeah you can um on the on the on the tech stocks so we're talking about the correlation First uh, Anyone there? Can yeah, you I know? think oh, Rand can't hear me now. I know the issue. Now I understand the issue. Yeah, let me uh, bring. You. Yeah, Rand, Rand, Rand Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the uh, right the question, Well, I had a, I had a question so, for right. Rand. I will just ask it for the panel. Let's just go to the panel here, and maybe good to to kick it off with uh, uh, Otavio and Dave. Like, in terms of the correlation, correlated, not correlated. Rand, I'm bringing you back up just because so you can actually hear me. And um, we're talking at it, about it like it's a binary thing. It's like hey, crypto's correlated. Crypto's no longer correlated. Uh, does it does it just differ depending on the circumstances? It's not. We can't say crypto is no longer correlated um, with the markets. And uh, just based on what we're seeing right now, there's a there's a divergence between Bitcoin and and risk assets, and we're seeing correlation between altcoins and tech stocks. Um, your thoughts on that debate of whether it's correlated or not correlated, Dave?
4: Yeah, I'd love to jump in there. So. I, I think talking about correlation
1: here when we're talking... Hey, about- Dave, you have a really bad uh, mic echo. Right? Are you
3: sure? I thought it was perfect. Try again, Dave. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you, that, but- uh, you're perfect. I think uh, yeah, I think you're good, at least on my end. Try again. Well,
4: thanks. You're the only person who's ever told me I'm perfect <laughs> in the entire world. Um, but the- I still think you're perfect, Dave. <laughs> I, like right. I, I think talking about correlations is a bit specious because we're talking about an asset class that can't be traded on the same rails. I think a major part of the reason we've seen the rally in Bitcoin, sort of call it the anchor asset of crypto, is precisely because of all the activity on the ETF front, which is starting to increase the, uh, the likelihood we have good bridges between crypto rails and TradFi rails. Um, I think seeing all coins run here is as much a sort of leaning into the idea that maybe those rails are gonna get better, which means maybe we're facing a reg environment where we can start thinking about those alternative assets in crypto as being something that's viable as a portfolio asset for people who aren't necessarily deep in the crypto ecosystem. So that correlation, yeah, it exists, but I think it's, it's kind of accidental. It's, you know, the altcoins are obviously risk on assets. I think that's the kind of, that's the observation to me is like speculative tech stocks, coins are a speculative tech asset in the crypto space. I would not be surprised to see those continue to move together. And the more likely we connect the bridge between TradFi and DeFi, the more I would expect them to be highly correlated with traditional speculative tech stocks.
3: Morgan Stanley saying this is more of a bear market rally than a start of a sustained upswing.
4: Uh, I mean, I, look, we, we can all get rich or poor by like making crazy prognostications on the market. Um, I think it's very tough. I find it very tough to be betting significantly against this economy in this market. Uh, you know, short term, of course, we're going to have wild swings. we got to get through an election cycle. Uh, but I don't feel like uh, we're set up for a major pullback over the next eight months. That seems silly to me.
3: James and Otavio guys can you hear me? Yeah, I'll have you I'd love you. Yeah, we would, would love your thoughts on that same question I asked earlier
5: to uh, to Dave. Yeah, sure, Paul, well, Thanks whole, for having me, whole, guys. Whole, um, just reminded um, the I,
3: question, the correlation correlated not correlated and then the the the, uh, hmm. the, the connection between uh, risk assets tech stocks and altcoins. I'm,
5: I might be echoing what you guys would probably answer in terms of this question, which would be, you know, Separating crypto from Bitcoin and and crypto as highly speculative uh, assets in that realm certainly would uh, fall into, I think, of the correlation being strong with technology companies and and also uh, the fact of interest rates. You know, it's sort of when you read the newspapers and and you see the front of the newspaper always talking about the treasury market, you've got to be cautious. There's a uh, old saying that you want to buy the last page of the newspaper and sell the front page of the newspaper. And this is sort of what's been happening with the treasury market now. It's a well-known issue, and we need to sort of digress this kind of uh, uh, popular view about the bearishness on, on treasuries because structurally there are some real problems, but it's just well known now in markets and so we're seeing treasuries uh rally and yields fall and therefore uh creating a a rally in some speculative assets like um some part of the crypto market but also the technology space i think that you know we're yet to see bad news become bad news we haven't really seen that shift in markets which tend to happen when you have a a hard lending Um, yeah betting against the market is is very difficult although it doesn't take away the fact that there's you know crazy distortions in markets currently i mean You know, just look at Apple and and Microsoft, you guys are talking about those two. You know, they're 15% of the weight of the S&P or the SPY uh, ETF. That is more than four sectors combined. Does that make sense? And you may say, well, no, they are more profitable than those four sectors combined. Well, it's not true, number one. It it account for about 8% of the cash flow uh, generated in the overall vehicle. So there's some really big distortions in this, uh, in, in the market, and, and, and some cheap sources of volatility. So, you know, I think for tail hedging, for those that are looking to hedge a long speculative uh, or a hard asset portfolio, that's what we hold. We hold a very large hard asset portfolio, and I'm looking for uh, what could break. Um, I think a VIX where it is currently, or a volatility where it is, is is attractive. You, know, you want to be having some sort of exposure there, mega caps. You know, what's the case moving forward from here in terms of the capital flows? Uh, are we going to go from, you know, a weight of 15 to 20 to 30 percent? Or should we be buying the sectors that are so distressed relative to those two names? Well, I think I think you got your answer here. So um, I believe you should be deploying capital into the distressed areas. And so, um, no, there's great opportunities in the markets. It's very bifurcated right now. Um, and uh, no, I, I don't think I don't want to be a, a perma bear here, but there's Definitely, some big distortions that I think need to be uh, adjusted over the next, uh, you know, six months or so. Uh,
3: James, I'm not sure if Scott and Rana here, but I've got uh, you know, we haven't spoken since prior to the whole drama when it comes to the ETF. Would love your thoughts on the discussion so far. Maybe a bit of an update when it comes to the ETF and where we stand
2: today. I'm back. Just I'm just Mario. I'm back. Just you. Ah, cool, cool.
1: You can hear everyone. Yeah. Go ahead, can you guys hear me? Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, man.
6: All right, perfect. Um, I fall more in line with Dave Nadig on where, where things stand. I do think there's some thought process to be had with a lot of the same people involved and interested in investing in tech, investing in crypto and altcoins, but I think it more falls in line with uh, what, what Dave was saying. But uh, there's definitely some truth to both sides of the coin, I think. Uh, as far as ETFs go, um, th- the, the silence is deafening on the grayscale and SEC situation. I I mean, Dave Nading might have a different view, but I kind of thought we'd have like an inkling of like what the next steps were going to be uh, after the court affirmed the grayscale decision. Uh, It's been a few weeks. There hasn't really been anything on that front. Um, So for for that reason, I kind of was looking and there's been a lot of rumors about imminent approval coming. in. so I, I wanted to basically I wrote a note this morning that looks at like when when these things could happen. So. Right now, there's basically once the SEC gives you one of those delay orders um, that we've seen a bajillion times before where the court punts or delays on an a ETF decision. Basically, the, there's a comment period after that where the public can comment. And then also um, sometimes there's a re- there's a rebuttal comment period. Essentially, the comment period ends today. So theoretically, for the first time since the Grayscale court case was affirmed, there's a period that starts tomorrow, possibly even today after market close, if you want to get specifics. Um, through like the 17th, maybe the 21st, where the SEC has a window that they can approve every single, all 12 ETFs, including Grayscale, under the 19B4 process. Uh, So that's something to watch. I don't think like, oh my God, it's definitely going to happen, but that's something that we're watching here on on my end. Um, But we still do think it's going to happen. Approvals are going to come under that 19B4 process by January 10th. The other side, which hasn't been talked about as much, and you've seen all these amendments if you've been following um that all these issuers are filing amendments to are prospectuses or s1as as you call them and then we grayscale filed their s3 um this is indicative that that 19 before process goes through the division of trading and markets at the sec that's about their word of a fraud manipulation those things this other process that goes through a different division called the division of corporate finance and basically they're just worried about risk disclosures they, they're they want to, they're a disclosure regulator of the sec they want to make sure everything is disclosed they want to know you, everything in their documents, the offering documents are explaining how the funds works, the risks, which is where you've seen those comments about like um, p- potential ESG and environment issues with Bitcoin in these documents, that's basically the division of Corp Fin highlighting any potential risk. So all these amendments are indicative that that process is underway. So basically, in order for anything to launch, you need two things. You need that 19b4 approval, which we've been waiting for, the, the, where we see that clock and the delays and potential approvals or deny orders. And then the other process is this S1 approval process where the Division of Corporate Finance basically signs off on those documents. Once both of those happen, that's when an ETF can launch. So basically, I'm watching those two two paths to see where we're at. And it looks like we're moving forward on both of them. No guarantee we're going to get all of them at the same time or when, but it's it's something we're watching closely.
0: They're coming. James? James, what what is your thought process on the ETH ETF approval? Say we do go forward with the Bitcoin approval here in the next, you know, call it at latest January. How likely is it that ETH gets approved in short order? Or is it the same sort of like process we're going to have to go through again, where it's going to be potentially multiple years? Obviously, a lot of that um, hinges on what the administration looks like. But how are you kind of thinking about that?
6: Yeah, so I think ETH is different from every other digital asset in this sense. Uh, we already have spot ETH applications. There's about five, I think, right now. Um, they're due at the earliest for final decision in May of 2024. Um, so I think if we jump ahead to January and if we're correct and we think that we're going to get approvals on these spot Bitcoin ETFs, I think the SEC is likely to also approve these Ethereum ETFs in May. That said, there's a, there's other issues at stake here that the SEC and these issuers will have to Pun intended, I guess, uh, to, to deal with, with on the Ethereum side with staking and, and things like that that Gary has hinted at that he might have issues with. So there's no guarantee. But the the full, the full final decision on Ethereum ETFs that have already been filed are due at the end of May. So theoretically, we could get to June and have both spot Bitcoin and spot Ethereum ETFs. I have to do a deeper dive into the Ethereum side of things. But assuming that Bitcoin ETFs are approved, we think spot will come because you have CME Bitcoin futures that led to Bitcoin futures ETFs. and the same side, you have Ethereum futures from the CME that led to CME Ethereum futures ETFs. And basically the whole process, assuming there's no delineation between Ethereum and Bitcoin by the SEC, should be viable to get a spot, Bitcoin ETF, a spot Ethereum ETF in 2024. That said, Bitcoin and Ethereum are on a pedestal all their own and any other digital asset is potentially years down the line. Obviously, going back to what you said about the administration change, things like that, literally an act of Congress could change that conversation. But as far as I'm concerned and what I'm looking at, Bitcoin and Ethereum are completely separate from anything else in the space.
4: And James, I'd take the other side of the trade on, on May approval. I think they'll punt those as long as humanly possible, even after they approve a Bitcoin ETF. There's enough distinction in how the price of ET gets set, largely because of its usage and burning. Uh, that I think that they'll be able to just drag that out forever again, absent a major shift in Washington, which makes it pro crypto. Remember, we're still in a very anti crypto regulatory environment, we had to get court cases to get anything moving. I, I think it's just the two, way to two questions, it.
3: James. Um, is there anyone that, that thinks anyone, you know, any analysts that you talk to, that think a Bitcoin ETF could? never come or could not come in the next year is that even the possibility anymore the so first question second question how's the appetite in your opinion we talk to people in the markets after we saw the disappointment with the eth futures
6: yeah so um i wouldn't put the reason we're at 90 percent by january 10th is pretty much solely because of the political backdrop that dave was just talking about it's a very anti-crypto backdrop Gary Gensler is running the SEC. So anything he wants to do, uh, like he, he'll, if he really wants to burn some bridges and push things uh, against the court decision, he might be able to do it and delay things and stop it even further. So basically, we're never going to be at 100% when Gary's in office on these type of things. Um, so that, that's the first question. So I, there are people out there that still think the SEC is going to do everything they can to not allow these things to launch. I don't think it's really viable legally, uh, based on the Grayscale court decision. Um, may- there's, there's, it's. It would be extremely difficult for them to thread that needle. Is the way I would put it. Uh, as far as demand goes, on the second side, um, I the I had low expectations for Ethereum futures ETF flows. But to be honest, I thought maybe they get hundred million. Why um, uh, futures ETFs? One, the reason Bido was so. Was on fire was was two factors right one we were in a major bull market for Bitcoin so it was the underlying market that was driving demand into the ETF in that case we're not in the same situation for ETH ETFs when they launch also that was only one ETF that launched so like more volume but gets more volume everyone's talking about one thing we had we had like six maybe even more I don't even know the I don't remember the exact number Ethereum futures ETFs launched on the same day so I think that hindered things also. For the most part, people who want long term exposure to crypto on the traditional financial rails, which goes back to something I was talking about earlier, like futures ETFs just aren't the best way to do that. So if you're an advisor and you're thinking about putting long term assets into a Bitcoin ETF or Ethereum ETF, like you're probably going to wait till Spot comes about. Because right now, if you look at Spot, uh, if uh, sorry, if you look at Bitcoin futures ETFs, they're trailing by seven, eight percent year to date um, last I checked. So like you don't—that's an added cost. If I told you up front you were looking at to buy an ETF and the fee was going to be seven and a half percent, you'd be like, "What the hell are you talking about? I'm not buying that thing." So I think that also hinders the use cases. That said, the futures ETFs are very good trading vehicles. They trade penny wide. They're going to give you exposure to short-term moves, but over the long term, they break down. ETFs in the in ETFs are really used by the advisor space for uh, heavily. Um, It's more long term holding. So if you think about advisors thinking about putting, um, say, a handful of their of some, we'll say you're an advisor and you have 20 percent of your clients that you want to put some assets into crypto for because of their risk profiles, whether it's 1 percent, 3 percent, 5 percent. You're you're not going to do that over time. So we, we think the spot ETFs are going to take over. You're not going to want to do it with the futures ETF most likely. You're going to wait till spot comes around. So it's, I also don't think like spot Bitcoin ETF launch, I don't think it's going to be this massive bonanza like we saw with Bitto anymore, particularly if we see 12 different ETFs get the ability to launch on or around the same day. We could see hundreds of millions um, flow in in the first week, maybe a billion in the first week. Um, but it's really more about the longer term perspective, because like I said, ETFs are heavily used by advisors. Yes, they're also used by DIY retail investors. They're used by institutions for trading vehicles. But for the most part, the long term sticky assets are going to come from advisors and people wanting access to Bitcoin and the traditional financial rails. And that's I don't think that people are just waiting like anyone who wanted access to Bitcoin and wanted it immediately. Like you can open a Coinbase account, what have you. Uh, you have that access. But for for long term portfolio building. These spot ETFs will will that's what they'll be used for, and also for trading. But um, so I think these spot ETFs will take out the futures ETFs. So Biddo is basically if you're if you're pro shares, you're hoping that this gets kicked down the road for as long as possible because you're sitting on a gravy train right now because you're the best option right now in the market. But uh, once spot ETFs come about, it's going to be hard to compete.
3: <clears throat> I, I, wanna go, I, I do want to go to Ryan. Ryan, before I go to you, just want to tell the audience about the... Uh, so we started accepting sponsors again and we have um, uh, NordVPN. So they're the sponsor for today and obviously... There's not much I could say because you all know NordVPN. I use it. I'm in Dubai, so I'm a I'm a customer, obviously. Probably one of the best, if not the best uh, VPN out there. Not sure if Scott if you use a VPN to do all your illegal shit, but uh, anyone that is in crypto wants to, <laughs> wants to protect their IP. They got 5,800 servers worldwide, top-tier encryption, and they got servers in 60 countries. Jokes aside, like I'm happy to have them. Mario. Yeah, man, is so my mic still shit? Oh, so bad! You sound like uh, sticks
1: in the eighties, Oh, really? Like hold on, hold on. Yeah, James, does my head. mic? And maybe, yeah,
3: James, crazy. does my mic sound shit?
6: Yeah, it does. It does sound shit. Uh, uh, I'll be
3: back. I'll change my <laughs> headset. Talk about NordVPN stuff. So. He, he's he,
1: he's currently biohacking his tonsils. I took um, I took my mic. and uh, it's part of his new
3: process. I took my mic off. I'll I'll put the other one on in a second. But just I was just talking about NordVPN. They're the sponsor for today. You sound good. It's good now, yeah. Don't say it's shit. Still- Alright, man, I think it's a glitch on Twitter. Space is all okay. yours then. Enjoy. <laughs> all, right. all right,
1: anyways. Um, for this job. But yeah. Yeah, and I've been and everybody of, I think Mario is so happy. uh privacy and there's so I, I think no, for ages and is the best and most people here I'm assuming there's a check that out like and it's a extreme it's an, it's a human being all in crypto mark okay can you uh, let's circle oh you know, uh, Tom and I would, Dave I would be spot each play, but I do air for that coin.
3: Guys, hold on, hold on. Is Scott is Scott work is my mic good or no? Your mic is okay. yeah, Scott, you're my good client, Scott. Yeah, Scott, you've been breaking up. Yeah, Scott, you're breaking up the whole time. I thought it was on my end. Scott, we, so is glitching today. No one could hear anything Scott's talking about. Is this glitching the whole time. So what a waste. Not I think
2: cutting. this is a Twitter issue. I'm yeah, I think so. I think so. I
3: think so. I think so. so. <laughs> I think so. But now I'm good and Scott isn't. So so Nasta, whoever's running the account, remove Scott and bring it back up. Um, so I, I was going to talk about NordVPN, but we'll do that in a bit. Uh, I do want to go to, to um, uh, Ryan. Ryan, that same question to to you is that the appetite for the for the for the Bitcoin ETF? Actually, I want to get your thoughts on everything that's been discussed so far: um, the correlation, markets versus equities, the ETF, uh, likelihood of approval, but also the appetite for the ETF. How much impact has it been priced into the markets? You know, so I, I don't think we've either we haven't spoken in a long time, or it's the first time we speak on this stage. But we would love to get your thoughts on everything, Ryan. Good to have you.
7: Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for for pointing the question my way here. Uh, I do think that that there's a, I don't think there's a high correlation between tech stocks and, and altcoins when we talk about crypto. I think for one, crypto is such a uh, early stage asset class with, with low levels of liquidity, especially during the bear market, that what we're really seeing is maybe some coincidental correlations at times. But when you kind of look over the long term, the correlations have been falling for the past few years, really ever since we got out of the crazy uh, influx of, of cash into the system in twenty twenty and in twenty twenty one, and so I, I think that the correlation is not really there. Really, what what I believe is happening is there's this rotation into Bitcoin, then to Ethereum, then to altcoins. And since people look at their they look at their you know Coinbase application and they and their trading terminals, they see Bitcoin's up over hundred percent year to date. They see Ethereum's up fifty something percent year to date, and they look at some other altcoins and try to find okay, what's the best opportunity. to deploy capital right now i don't think people uh have our understanding that the bitcoin etf is is not priced in at least from my my perspective i don't think it's priced in so it's kind of short-sighted to look and think they missed the boat on bitcoin i think we're still kind of ramping up to to see what the etf application will actually or, or sorry etf going live like what that impact will actually be on the price of bitcoin but I think it's more just people kind of speculating further out along the curve. Once they think they've missed the boat on Bitcoin, once maybe they think they've missed the boat on Ethereum, trying to get those, those, uh, you know, smaller micro or, or market cap assets and, uh, that that's in my opinion what's happening here with, with altcoin rally that we're seeing today. You see Bitcoin settle, you see Ethereum move a little bit and then settle. Well, what about right, What happening.
3: about what about behind the scenes? Like we're talking about the markets, but we, one thing I always ask is is the, is the VC sentiment changing? Is the, uh, institutions' uh, perception of the market or the industry changing? Uh, what what can you tell us from these private discussions you're having? Are these are people starting to shift their perception of of crypto post FTX?
7: Definitely. Definitely. Like, We talk to financial advisors and family offices and RAs every day uh, across the US. And and what we're seeing is, is kind of twofold. One, we're seeing an appetite increase for Bitcoin specifically as an ETF is coming close to getting to market. And then we're also seeing more interest in education on lower market cap assets or other crypto assets. One thing that's maybe surprising, I was just on the road, Talking to some financial advisors over these past few weeks, most of them, to be honest, haven't even really heard of Ethereum or don't have any idea what Ethereum is. And so to think about, to to think that they're looking at altcoins as a new type of technology and that they're really studying those, I think is the wrong way to think about it. They're spending like 1% of their time thinking about crypto assets. Most of that's about Bitcoin. Some of that's like, oh, okay, crypto's a technology. Cool. What else is out there? Like I had a conversation recently. Uh, with an advisor, and they didn't realize Ethereum was even a blockchain. Yet they're invested in Bitcoin, and so I think you have this this nuance here that they're barely spending time thinking about crypto, so they're not really going down the risk curve all that much when it comes to crypto assets. And, and I think James mentioned you know they're institutional investors are talking about a one percent, three percent, five percent allocation to crypto at most, and maybe they're carving out of gold like an alternative asset sleeve and. Maybe some of them are carving out more than that and they're doing it out of like their technology sleeve and deploying a little bit of it towards Ethereum. But majority of advisors here just uh, and institutional investors broadly are really only gaining access to crypto through, through Bitcoin other than obviously venture capital.
3: When, when do you think that could right, – when, when could that change in your opinion from an institutional level moving away from just uh, exposure through Bitcoin, start look at riskier assets and start understanding the, the industry a bit further and beyond – and I'm talking even beyond Ethereum.
7: Yeah, uh, I I do think that we need probably to have a lower interest rate environment before we really start to see institutional uh, investors, institutions kind of going down down the list of market cap and and looking at some of those other newer assets. Like Two things need to happen. One, we need to have a lower interest rate environment because right now the risk reward just isn't there for some of those assets uh, or most of those assets. And then two, the education just isn't there as well. It's taken years for these institutions to get behind Bitcoin and and start learning about Bitcoin. We've seen the evolution that that people like Jamie Dimon or Larry Fink have taken in their in their education to Bitcoin. Now, becoming thinking of it as a quality asset or having the ability to uh, be a store of value over time. While you know Bitcoiners have been kind of beating their drum to that for ten plus years, and so I think that it just takes a lot of time. I'm, multiple years, is my guess, uh, before we start to see institutions really coming around to even Ethereum. And beyond that, I think it's five years plus.
3: Wait, look, uh, one more question before we go to Wick and Dave, and I'm trying to bring Scott back up. Well, the question I have, if the markets have done as well as they have with the current environment, the current interest rate environment, we're already at what, above 35K, that's first it's just fascinating to see um but then the second question is what happens when things change when 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 interest rates starts to come down when we start finally start seeing that pivot what do you expect to see in the markets are you just gonna expect that appetite to come back as we saw in previous bull markets and things to to start bubbling up again as we saw previously or we're never going to see that again now that the the shine is off crypto and into ai
7: no that that, absolutely i I think we're going to see appetite come flooding into the market i think we're you know, in the first year of a multi-year bull market. And once interest rates start to to come down, even as as they've leveled off, you know, this year, we've seen appetite come back into the market a little bit. And so once they start to fall, I think we'll see uh, a lot more appetite coming in. We'll see a lot more price action than what we've seen. And some of that will get settled through there being more liquidity in the market. Obviously, you know, we're in a low liquidity environment for Bitcoin and for crypto. And so any kind of increase in buy pressure really sends prices moving. And sometimes that can create a self-fulfilling cycle with liquidations, which also sends price moving up or down. And so uh, I do think that a little bit of that's playing a factor here. But yeah, once interest rates come down, I think we'll see a huge interest coming into crypto. I don't think the AI opportunity there will kind of dissuade it because crypto is 247, 365, you know, liquid assets. You don't really have that with AI. So you have a different investor base. With retail investors and even, uh, you know, as, as James was saying, a lot of institutional investors who need to trade through vehicles like etfs for example are private
3: one last question then we'll go to tom and wick last question ryan in terms of the halving everyone keeps talking about it it's like a, a set thing where everyone's waiting for it. it's almost like a guarantee that the markets will reverse when, when the halving kicks in we'll get closer to the halving is that a myth or is, has it become a self-fulfilling prophecy in your opinion because it, it's obviously we don't have that much history to go by um yet that's all that everyone talks about for to me it just starts to seem like a like a voodoo self-fulfilling prophecy
7: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people just don't understand the halving. Like, people talk about it, especially in the Bitcoin circles. People talk a lot about it. But I think broadly speaking, a commodity where the supply or the new supply halves every four years is kind of a wild a wild concept, especially for institutional investors or, or typical uh, commodities investors. And so I, I do think it's a big deal. You know, when the, when the next halving happens, we're going to see the, the new amount of uh, Bitcoin being produced each day fall from, I think it's 900 uh, Bitcoin per day to 450 Bitcoin per day. And that's, you know, five, six billion dollars of of new Bitcoin that's no longer entering the market. And so that's, that's you know, a big deal. That, that means that, uh, you know, there's no longer this need to, to buy five and a half billion worth of Bitcoin every year uh, just to keep prices flat. That's definitely going to have an impact on prices. I just think, It's somewhat priced in or the excitement somewhat priced in uh, to most of us that follow Bitcoin closely. But I think that broadly speaking, the market hasn't really got behind that.
3: Oh shit, I'm talking to myself. Yeah, Great. I, I, was like, I, love I love it. Sound again, yeah, yeah, no, I, I no, like, no, 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 I, I was talking three, myself. I've literally uh, tried
1: three phones, like two different uh, internet connections, no matter what. <laughs> I finally got back on, and you literally just completely trolled. No, no, I was no, no, I
3: was just talking to myself. I was just taking a jab at someone. I was just saying, I want to take a jab at someone in the audience that I respect tremendously. He's an incredible speaker and a regular guest who gave us a, who, who came into a space once and talked about the how disappointing crypto's been and how well AI is done. It's probably one of the most disheartening um uh, is, speeches i've heard on 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 stage um and uh, i would love to get his thoughts if he wants to request on whether that perception has changed considering what we've seen recently um or that disappointment in crypto and that excitement around around ai remains um so i'd love that that's that audience member to come up um otherwise uh, scott first i'm I'm glad you finally figured out technology in your back um i I do want to go to tom unless you have something to add scott and get tom's thoughts on this no go to tom go to tom
0: yeah. So Scott just outed himself as having three phones, which I find a little questionable. So we'll just, we'll, we'll gloss over that. But uh, why does Scott have three phones? But I would say, you know, uh, we did a really good job talking about the supply side or the demand side of the equation here, who's going to buy these assets. But I spend a lot of my time on the project side. So that would be the supply side for this. So are there new and interesting projects actually coming to market? Are there new applications that people actually would want to buy and invest in? And just in the past month alone, we've evaluated over 150 deals, which is, I'd say, 5x the previous month. And rounds are closing quicker. Their valuations are being marked up quicker. And there's a lot of key themes that are really interesting you're probably hearing in the market. But you know, real world assets, um, you know, uh, eventually some actual fundamentally uh, improved games that have backend crypto uh, functionality, which are interesting. And a lot of those things are actually being brought to market and fundraising quicker and, um, you know, being brought online, which is something we hadn't seen for the past number of months. So the sentiment on the actual project side is really encouraging. Um, which I think is going to fuel a lot of what the next bull run is, especially if we have like Q1, we have all of these positive catalysts, including ETF approvals and having and all of these other things, but we need the actual projects to be there. So, you know, fundamentally, those are, those are coming, which is exciting to see.
3: Uh, before going to Wick or uh, Crystal, uh, Scott, what I was trying to do earlier was talk about NordVPN. Did you speak about them when you were cutting out? Okay. Also, I spoke. I I, no, one did, no one you did. No one did. I know. And... I know. I know. This is. I did. This is. I You know what? It'd be a funny joke with uh, Danish comes up. Now you come up, Danish. The walk of shame, huh? How, wh- what are your thoughts I'm on crypto starving. now? What are your thoughts on crypto now, huh?
2: Give you... okay. Shit, shit, on, mean, shit on, us on
3: us now. Shit on us now. It wasn't Danish. I'm sorry, I wasn't jabbing at Danish.
8: What? Hey, what hey, man? What? Uh, just a quick question. Just a quick question. How much is your cyberpunk worth now?
2: cyberpunk you had to go there but (laughs) hold on hold on hold on on. i'm happy
8: to have this conversation how much is your cyber truck worth well it's not worth much either that's the problem (laughs) both of them were complete bs but my, my my point is that that i'm happy to have a conversation around all of this bullshit around what nft's original use case was which was apparently joining you know uh the we saw uh, apes literally blind their community. I'm not saying like in a sort of blind, they literally blinded and tore off the corneas of their community by using UV lights at their parties. I mean, this is the crypto that you're defending right now. I'm happy to have a conversation around uh, Bitcoin, which by the way, is being pumped on an ETF and, that, and really that traditional finance may be able to invest in this asset. That's pretty much what's keeping it up. Considering... That you could increase utilization of it by traditional finance, and people could use their four hundred one ks. The fact that it's only at thirty five k actually means that it's incredibly, uh, you know, it, it's an incredibly depressed asset. Uh, because, Danish, like, Danish,
2: Danish, Danish. You, you know what we say? You know what we say to people like you in this, uh, in this, uh, in this forum?
8: Geniuses. All right.
2: So, so let me. Let me no, no. Let me no we say, sure we say, we say, have fun staying poor.
8: Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, and, and I, I have seen many crypto billionaires at McDonald's recently, but I was going to say that you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to have a conversation around AI. Microsoft hit an all time high. Open AI dev day was actually quite impressive. You can literally build an agent that can do things when you're sleeping. These are real use cases for a real technology that will be truly transformative and exponential. The more it's used, the more valuable it gets. You cannot even compare the two. Now, if you unbundle crypto and you start talking about blockchain, there's a few companies I'm excited about in the blockchain space. If you start talking about NFTs with real utility, I'm happy to talk about that. But the bullshit that is spewed most of the time on X, is not that valuable and most of the shit coins are going to be worth exactly what's in their name that's the only point i was going
3: to make guys the man i was talking about uh <laughs> Vinnie, you got the message did you you remember that space you were on you're on uh, well, a few weeks ago now
1: Oh yeah, he said that he was leaving.
3: It hurt me AI, so man. much. It's like literally a girl that I've loved for so many years says, "Mario, I never actually loved you." That's how I felt. Vinny's back.
2: <laughs> Vinny's back, guys. Vinny's back. I saw him at the Solana conference. Vinny's all in on crypto. He's forgotten about AI. AI doesn't exist for him anymore. No no, about- no, no, no. What,
9: what what I said, what I said to be clear was, I have enough exposure as an investor in crypto. I don't want to be an operator in crypto, and I still don't. I'm an, I'm an operating like I'm building a, an AI company now. I don't want to be operating crypto for lots of reasons, but I'm happy to invest in the sector. I think there's a lot of potential.
2: So what you're saying is work in AI, take the profits from AI and invest them in crypto.
9: That, uh, you know, that's a pretty good angle actually, because then you, get, you cover both grounds. <laughs> but not many AI startups are profitable yet. I mean, I, I was reading an article
2: today saying that uh, actually they, in a, in, a, in a phase where they're guzzling a lot of investor cash
9: yeah so 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 let i mean that's a different discussion right you can i still think you can build uh, a lot of value i mean google wasn't profitable in the beginning either right so it's the same same principle you got to build um build value and inter- enterprise value and that's what you're focusing on so directly you know it's probably not
2: I, I think i think that the problem i think ai is amazing don't get me wrong i think it's, it's absolutely amazing like like technology is amazing i just think the path to monetization of ai is quite a long way away when i say a path to monetization you know, it's going to take a long time for these companies naturally to become profitable. Probably a lot of them don't actually even want to become profitable because as soon as you do, um, you know, you, you're showing your true valuation. Um, yes. And I think, I think it's going to be a long time before people can actually realize value out of AI. Whereas in crypto, the one advantage we have in crypto is we have this immediate liquidity, this immediate
9: – we're a casino. Crypto is a casino. Well, you watch wait, wait, it. Yeah, exactly. Where does the liquidity come from, Ryan? Think about it. It's other people buying from it greater exactly. food. from greater food. Exactly. And
8: that's a great exactly. business for you guys. That's a, that's a great business to have one fool sell to another fool.
9: Oh, well, well, don't say you guys, That's you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm AI now.
8: <laughs> wow. So you see, you see, if we're wow. listening, that you are their exit liquidity. That's what people are trying Jesus. to do in crypto. You are the bag holder.
9: That's the problem. And it's actually... Do you know why why that's the case? Do you know why it's the case? Most people don't realize it. The the reason we have this problem in crypto is because of the regulations. The regulations don't allow you to do things like to make crypto very much security-like. Right? You can't make it a security. So you can't say... uh, You you, you can't build things in crypto where people get a return and and promise returns, etc. So then it's all speculation on future value. Uh it, 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 this is the problem I think. Just really quickly, OpenAI dev if, uh, the day I see
8: a release like dev day for OpenAI where they actually release your ability to build your own GPT, imagine Mario GPT, that would be very interesting. The number 2, you also are able to build your own assistants, AI assistants it, like in seconds and it's so easy. You literally use their assistant API and you can actually build it now. These are like literally game-changing technologies that are coming out. And what he said at the end is what people need to remember, which is, what they do next year is going to make this year look quaint. I love that, and that's it. So, your, your
3: thoughts, Danish? Your thoughts then on, on the, 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 the value of, of decentralizing the data and AI, um, through blockchain, is that something you're interested in? Do you think there's a lot of overlap between crypto so, uh, and AI?
9: Mario, let's let's, let's start with I mean, a with, with, a, with a more basic make... question. Where do you think the Where do you think GPU power is going to come from, Danish? Where do you think no, all the I power from, the, Where do you think the GPU power the... power going you know, to come from?
8: So again, H100s, but uh, beyond just buying Nvidia chips, I mm-hmm. think beyond that, I think the, 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 the fact that AI, and I mean, Mario, you're seeing this with the Israel Hamas situation. It's hard to know what truth is. And I think that that's going to lead to the need for AI is getting so crazy that we're going to need some level of custody of information. I, I think that that's probably a good use case for blockchain. I think what we're seeing right now. You know, Scott mentions it multiple times, which is financial institutions are using it for transactions internally within their systems to stream, streamline it. There are actual utility use cases, but all this bullshit around PFPs and uh, around, like all of this like weird stuff that got crazy in 2021, all of it's done, in my opinion. I think the we're, we're in the trough of disillusionment right now, which means that real use cases are going to come. And I think mm. the next stage, hopefully we have something worthwhile but yes, AI versus crypto, it's not even a fucking competition right now. AI is kicking its ass like at at a level that is un, I mean, AI is like the future internet. Uh, like, so, Dan,
3: so, we- so, so, okay. Forget about AI. And then I want to go to Tom and Wick. Wick, I think it would be so patient. Forget about AI. Crypto, excluding AI, instead of just comparing how, how attractive crypto is, how interesting crypto is to the utility of AI, which is difficult to compete with. Forget about AI. Crypto by itself co- now compared to six months ago when we first started talking, working together or having the show together and, and debating crypto back then. Has it changed?
8: I think, I think a lot of the riffraff is out. I think that's good. A lot of the tourists who are just pumping and speculating are out, which is good. I still think that we haven't seen the pain come through completely. I want all of your hearts broken. I want all of your spirits beaten and then, and only then does it make sense to start building new. That happened when last really year, Danish. Do you know, there's that, no spirit fair, left.
1: I, I understand that, but that I happened. forgot my identity.
3: <laughs> I don't have it. I don't, what is the meaning of life? I'm still questioning it, Danish. Is that enough?
8: not yet a little bit more i think i think when we see when we see true crypto winter like really such a fucking status you still have a and i'm just saying that ultimately we are still i think right now there's so much hope there's still so much hope amongst you all. The day people actually leave and they say it's over, that's Bro, the day. Vinny right. left. Vinny left. Vinny is
9: crypto. He <laughs> left. Yeah. He was this. Is 2000. <laughs> no, Dennis, you're wrong, dude. Like This is the coldest winter I've ever seen in crypto. I've been in for a decade. It was the coldest winter. Seriously. And I think there's signs of life right now. But it's, again, everything in crypto depends on what the macro situation is. And it looks like, the, it looks like Powell's going to, I wouldn't say be dovish, but be as neutral as he can be today. And I think we're going to go into a cutting cycle next year. And I think people in the markets, the market's always forecasting six months ahead. That's like, the, you know, historically, we look, the market always reacts to what's going to happen in six months. I think the market is pricing and, um, you know, a loose monetary policy going in next year the number of thumbs down i'm getting from this group
8: is telling me that you your hearts are it is it is
2: a crypto this is what i'm
8: saying (laughs) our hearts (laughs) are healing (laughs) johnny yeah (laughs) yeah is. this is this is people with
3: the these are people that are already destroyed that already destroyed they already lost the meaning of life that are sending you thumbs down like enough man we can't do this anymore um before going to to wick and wick if you're going to be bearish on crypto as well please do drop down and we can't take more for today it is a crypto town hall just to remind and um and not an ai downhole
2: anniversary of the FTX collapse and this is what they're doing to us we've just, I recovered. Swear, yeah. I swear. We've just recovered and the just guy just went to jail <laughs> yeah, exactly
3: Now, guys we've tried promoting VPN twice so third time lucky um i use them and so big fan i think it speaks for itself uh, and I use a whole bunch of them. I'm in Dubai. I'm not even to know if I'm allowed to say this, but I use a whole bunch of them here in other, in other countries as well. And Nord is the one I end up using the, using the whole time. So uh, for me to see them as a sponsor for today's show is pretty damn cool. Um, notes that I have here for a sponsorship call is 5,800 servers worldwide, top-tier encryption secure, up to six devices with one account. Look, I don't think all that matters. They're the best that I know of from my personal use. We've pinned the link above. Um, so it's a pretty cool sponsor that I use. One of the few that I've used. Um, Scott, Ryan, anything to add on NordVPN?
2: I mean, I think if you're in crypto and you're not using a VPN, you're in a big, you're very you're in a very, very risky situation for many reasons. One is, of course, you're exposing your IP address. Your IP address kind of exposes what country you're in, what location you're in, which is quite, quite scary. Second thing is every time you interact with an, with an app or a DAP, it records the IP address. So it knows who you are. And the problem is that if you, for example, in the United States or, or, or wherever you are, you're effectively, if, if the regulator ever says to the DeFi application, can I have a list of all IP addresses that have been surfing your site, which is something that they can do, you're gonna be exposed. So I mean, I don't do anything without a VPN. Um, it's really, for me, the only way to surf. And I think it's so cheap, like you're talking like $3 a month or something to protect yourself. Um, versus all this money that we have on the line. So I think, I mean, I, I don't do anything without a.
3: This VPN. is. This is. Hey, like, we're not. Wait wait
1: on, quiz question. Now, do you stream with your VPN on? Sure. Or do
3: you sure. just. Uh, I do, yeah. I do. That too. I do. I do
2: i do yeah
3: same i have i have a quick quick comment just yeah. quick comment this isn't us telling you nordvpn is better than others this should be more telling you why you should get a vpn because i think everyone knows nordvpn why i should really? you get a vpn Never. so if, if you're not conv- if you're on crypto uh click on the link at the top we've pinned it above uh appreciate nordvpn for sponsoring the show um wick can you please tell us um, why danish and vinnie are uh, at least partially wrong
10: Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, afternoon to some of you. Uh, some of our favorite people here and everyone brought up some great things, a lot of um, analytics going on. James, you're awesome. Ryan, you're awesome. Uh, and then we kind of jumped everywhere, right? Uh, just to Dan. Uh, Dan sounds uh, like he's smart as well. Sounds a little bit upset. He might be a little bit more upset next year uh, if he's not in crypto and AI. Dan, I don't need a response. So, uh, I am completely bullish, guys. Um, I Actually, uh, it's funny. I just posted a chart of uh, GBTC on my page. So if you guys want to go look at that, um, this is what I'm going to be talking about. So uh, I do consult for a few firms in Dallas. One of these firms, uh, they always look at GBTC. I still think it's very, very important because there's a really great discount nav over here happening. And if you look at that chart, what's very interesting, what we used before in previous cycles with these with these specific firms is the volume coming in. The volume is coming in, uh, and it started to come in around the 20th of June here, okay? Um, we already had a setup before that, that was happening, and we are in what you call a stage two breakout, okay? This is what starts the majority of the cycles. It started 17, it started the last cycle, and it's starting the cycle now here on GBTC. So – Uh, To ask me if I'm bearish, I am 100% bullish and I was bearish. The entire bear market people hated me, okay? So from my perspective, this is a very, very bullish environment. Um, You can see how everything is lining up. Everything is basically right under resistance, kind of just doing this bullish consolidation, waiting for this ETF approval, okay? So now let's talk about this ETF approval. I see everyone talking about, yeah, it's priced in. That's not what I'm looking at. I don't care if it's priced in, okay? It's just the start of the bull market. We've got the halvening coming. We've got uh, the ETF coming. The risk reward ratio, it's, it's so good right now. But let's talk about this ETF. I don't think it's uh, whether it's priced in or, priced or not priced in. What I'm excited about is that when we get this approval of ETF, it's the adoption that comes afterwards, right? How soon that comes, I don't know. But it's one of the biggest events for me having Larry Fink uh, a proven ETF uh, uh, that, that all my all my guys from all the exchanges can now stop uh, trading on GPTC. And they can go in and, and, and do this the right way, right? There's a lot of funds and pension funds that that haven't been able to get their allocation. And I think this is, is what might do it, right? Maybe not out the gate. Maybe we have a little bit of volatility out the gate. Um, Scott has just pointed out my South African accent. I talked to family this morning. It happens.
1: <laughs> so basically, um, I literally messaged him I was like sometimes I hear it so strong And sometimes it's like you're just a guy from
10: Texas It's also because of Vinny He's been talking and when this happens Things change uh, so, so yeah, no, thank you for that um, But no guys, I, I, I'm so bullish Everything is lining up right under resistance Whatever you want to talk about Whether it's Bitcoin lining up right there Whether it's Ethereum lining up there I think Ethereum is another sleeping giant For people that say that it's all a Bitcoin story I think it is a Bitcoin story for now But what I I also think is that we are probably going to get that uh, Ethereum ETF. And it's, again, everyone's focusing on the institutional guys. And yes, that might come. It might be fun. But I'm actually looking at this from the perspective of uh, when they release that ETF, right, what's going to happen is it's going to be a lot of news happening, right? What is this going to do to retail? This is going to cause retail to try and front run the institutions, whether they come in or not. So just that alone is going to cause uh, an alt market uh to happen and we're already seeing that dynamics Scott already talked about it uh you're already seeing the dynamics of when you know Bitcoin's stalling here under resistance and all of a sudden all the alts start to fly I mean all the writing is on the wall guys so um from my perspective if you are uh bearish like uh, Mr. Dan uh you're doing yourself a big disfavor it's never been a better brisk risk reward now um now's the time guys so that, that's my opinion and uh, I'll take any questions if you guys have any
3: any questions? If we have any, um, next question is: What do you expect to see in the next uh, in the short term versus the long term? Because I think the argument you make, it, it, you know, is a fair argument. I think an, an argument that anyone could make in the long term. What about in the short term? What do you expect before before mid next year? And when it comes to Bitcoin as well as altcoins, comparing the two.
10: No, that, that's a, that's a great question. You know, I think the closer we get to the happening with this ETF, it's just bring, bringing more and more attention. Short term. You know, we really are beholden to what happens with the the ETF approval, right? But uh, I talked to Scott about this. Let me pull up a chart of Bitcoin so I can look at it while I'm talking to you. One second. Okay. So, let's say we get an ETF denial. Okay. From my analysis, I like to think of things in stages. I have my own little framework. That's actually good. Hold on. You're
3: going to give us what will happen if the ETF is denied and what will happen to the markets? Is that the analysis you're about to give us?
10: So I work off probabilities, right? You never work off absolutes, only, uh, only really new, new guys work off absolutes because if you've been in the markets for any uh, period of time, you know that there's, there's no such thing as absolutes. Probability says that if this ETF is denied, that we could possibly find ourselves in that same range, what I call our stage three basing level that we were just in, which is between a low of 25000 and thirty-one thousand. Okay, that's the range that I think. Actually, no, I'm sorry. The high will be thirty thousand. I think we drop down into that range, and we base right. And why do I? Why do I think this might happen? Because you also see in previous cycles that uh, just before we kick off, uh, not the bull market, but that parabolic move, right, that, that starts to initiate. Before that happens, on all the previous cycles, we've always had a twenty to thirty percent pullback. That puts us right in the range that I talked about, which just happens to be the stage three basing that I've been going on about. I've been talking about this bull market happening since we made a double bottom in January, uh, made a double bottom, and then we had uh, that big up move uh, right at the right, yeah, in January as well. That's when it started, guys. So we went into that stage three basing right when we overcome that resistance at 25,000. That was the most pivotal resistance for me that really spoke to me that the bull market was here. I think you pull right into that range because that's what's happened historically if we get an ETF denial. And it is not uh, bearish to me. It simply just prolongs the bull market, which has already started. It prolongs the parabolic uh, phase, and that's my opinion.
3: Scott, since this is a TA discussion, your thoughts on what uh, Wick said? Is your joke- audio? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I align. Yeah, I align well. I think that uh, generally
1: there's no reason right now to be particularly bearish if the market is giving you opportunity. To take it. So I, I don't, you know, not particularly concerned right now of uh, what's going to happen in six months or a year. I know what's happening now. And it's been a great time to take advantage cool. of that.
3: Let's get some final thoughts. Tom, Dave? You, you, just real Go quick, ahead you, ahead. you
10: know, the, the Bitcoin is, what, uh, 131% of the lows, and you still have guys like Dan uh, calling this uh, not, not not bullish, right? So argument is, is already gone. It's, it's a bull market, guys.
4: Yeah, I, I would just put in the one caveat that, while I'm absolutely bullish on the long-term, in the path between here and when we have a couple of ETFs trading, there's going to come the issue of the GBTC conversion, that's $22 billion that's locked up at a discount right now. Some substantial portion of that is hedged. And so while we're looking at that $22 billion and thinking, well, that must mean we're going to have $50 billion in weeks when we launch an ETF, I think you're going to see that $22 billion in a converted come down dramatically, perhaps by half. Because How is it hedged? People basically. Because people are taking the alternate opposite positions, either the options markets or on-chain using futures, like there's... Options markets? Okay. So my my point is simply, I've talked to a number of institutions who have positions sitting at a discount who have found whatever they believe to be the appropriate negative beta hedge against that. Um, Some of that's going to unwind. And so I would just be cautious trading in and around the approval days. I think they're going to be enormously
10: volatile. If you look at the options market on uh on Ethereum, that hedge has actually come off, so it's dramatically come off, and they haven't put that hedge back on so that's one thing I wanted to talk about just just say real quick about so uh, the hedging especially on ethereum specifically right it hasn't popped, but the hedging that they have been doing uh, uh that, that that's not on anymore that came off. I think last week I made a post about that uh Tom. yeah just to circle back to the comments earlier on
0: um ai so I, I don't think it has to be an either or thing it's i think they're very complementary and actually the best way to play ai is not to invest in some overpriced round especially when you others. say they're
3: complementary complementary when it comes to, to application yep. but for, in terms of attention when it comes to risk assets when the market starts to froth up again and the fed pivots that money needs to go somewhere and it's about what portion of that money will go into Crypto-related risk assets versus AI. Uh, That's where they're, they're no longer complementary.
0: So, 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 but I mean complementary in the fact that if if we see what crypto does best, it provides fantastic infrastructure, right? Like Bitcoin is a better transfer or store of value. Um, other applications like Ethereum, you can argue, are very similar. But for for AI, you need what do you need? You need large amounts of storage and you need large amounts of compute. And guess what? Google and AWS cannot support all of that. And if they do, and if they actually can, which is um, unlikely, they're going to do so at higher costs, they're going to do so at larger centralization rates, and they're also going to be able to censor any and everyone they want. So what are the two things that actually crypto can provide a use case for that uh, facilitates an acceleration of AI, which we all agree is a huge trend? It's decentralized compute and decentralized storage, because decentralized compute, you can surface, uh, you know, your latent compute capacity from your home computer or um, from, a, you know, data center that's not using uh, some capacity, and you can have a more updated network than, you know, even Google, because Google, if they get, you know, the new NVIDIA chips, they have to buy, you know, thousands of those, and they have backlogs to to, to update all that and provide that capacity. But guess what? If you surface a network of everyone's home computer, you could find that top of the line chip and that latent capacity to help train these models. Same thing on the storage side. There's not enough storage for all of the explosion of AI that's coming. So, you know, I think it's short-sighted to look and just say, these two things are, are, are different. And um, I I really think they're extremely complementary. and crypto really superpowers AI, which is what gets me really excited.
3: Cool. On that point, I think Scott, um, We've covered it pretty well. While we, me and you, wrap it, just for the audience, if you haven't got checked the pin tweet. If you're on crypto, if you're not in crypto, don't worry. But if you're on crypto, check the pin tweet and download Node VPN so i think it was a good space good discussion pivot i like how every space we changed the title we started with whatever we started with whatever you came up yeah, with fed how, speech how it. Ended up
1: being nothing. And we
3: became we became crypto versus ai thanks to me taking the jab at Vinny and then danish coming to the rescue and then becoming a battle that depressed all of us so it was a, a good space and we'll see everyone tomorrow scott no we're good cool. thanks everyone bye